Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Husmo Black Forum. Here we do it bigger, we do it better, we do it longer, and out of necessity, we'll do it louder than anyone out here. So relax. Here's your host, Husmo Black. Yeah. It's March 1st. I have the March, I guess it's coming up. What is I have the March? Is that the Friday the 13th or something? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I think it really did occur on a, a Friday the 13th some, somewhere back, but be that as it may, welcome to the Hushbow Black Forum. You got me to Hushbow uh, driving this train uh, this evening, as always, coming to you live and in living color from the ATL. We are... Uh, Wow, I got a powerful show for you this evening. As always, I mean, this is nothing new to us. We we try to keep it real out here every every week. We're here to uh, provide a platform for uh, the ninety percent of our community that uh, normally is not heard from. That's what we do out here. We advocate on behalf of uh, Americans African descent for justice, social justice. Not that we don't love everybody. We do love everybody. We want to get that in. Uh, just uh, by extension, uh, we uh, find ourselves advocating for uh, that uh, particular group. Hey, it's March 1st, 2014, y'all. one six of the year has uh, passed us by. This year is moving along, y'all. Time waits for no man. There's only been one document. <laughs> well, I'm, uh, do I need to get off on that? I say time stops for no man, but there have been a time that, there have been a, a documented time that uh, time did stop. Now, y'all, y'all don't want the hospital to get into that. We, time did stop at one time. Uh, y'all check the history. We're gonna bring you that. Uh, we're gonna bring you that show one one of these uh, one of these days. In fact, I've already uh, brought that show on before. We're gonna rehash it again. Time did stop at one time. Hey. Not in the news, y'all. The president started this new initiative, My Brother's Keepers. Are we our brother's keeper? Didn't Cain kill Abel or something? And he asked God Almighty whether or not he was his brother's keeper. I, I thought that thing got sold in, y'all. <laughs> but uh, the president, this, this past week, had a bunch of dignitaries up at the White House. Uh, addressing the sad state of uh, young Americans of African descent, who has been uh, woefully, woefully um, left behind in the society uh, through, for the most part, uh, no fault of their own. 
through, for the most part, no fault of their own. They have been uh, neglected by the system. In a lot of cases, oppressed by the system. So I was I was uh, elated to see the president out front on the, the subject matter. A lot of people, black people, uh, had a problem with the, what the president did, talking about uh, it's too little, too late. I beg to differ with those, with that opinion. It's never too late to help uh, my people. It's never too late to help uh, our people. And when any time you got the president of the United States uh, talking about uh, helping Americans of African descent, the youth uh, who is caught up in this uh, criminal justice system in such a uh, in such an unfair uh, debilitating uh, way. It's never too late to have the President of the United States uh, uh, going to bat for them. Under no circumstance is that uh, too little too late. That's a bunch of crap. And I'm so sick of people uh, coming out talking, especially uh, the so-called black leaders who got some beef with this President. Uh, oh, uh, what does that mean? He come out with a, a couple of black kids and this and that and the other. That's all crap. This president uh, is the president of 310 million people, first of all. The uh, president uh, 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 is the executive uh, of 310 million people. That's what it is. He's the uh, CEO of the executive branch of government. Uh, I understand his position. I'm elated that he has uh, taken time to uh, address the problems of uh, our community uh, 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 with a uh, Congress that is uh, dead set uh, at stopping anything that he do uh, uh, in office there. I'm, I'm just thrilled that the guy is going outside of his, the government to uh, to try to make some kind of uh, impact on uh, the plight, the woeful plight of uh, our community with uh, some 13, 30% unemployment. I, I, uh, I, I can't find any, any of this uh, initiative that he's uh, just kicked off. And I, I'd be willing to debate anybody who thinks that there's a problem with it uh, and ask them, challenge them to find one other president that they lived under who's ever came out and uh, uh, addressed uh, the needs of our people in such a forceful way as uh, this guy has. I challenge any of them to call in to the Hirschman Black Forum tonight. We got a call in, 1-888-588-3814. Facebook friends, how are y'all? Anybody? who have a problem with what the president is doing in terms of trying to address uh, the woeful plight of uh, our community, uh, call the husband and uh, let's talk about it. Black History Month, y'all, just ended. February 28th was the last day. It made a post 
did close they got it in y'all <laughs> had to go back and re-edit that thing two or three times because remember the hospital was uh running the show by themselves so we get a lot of stuff out there that's we have to go back and re-edit it a couple of times, even though the, uh, but we got a post out that part three of a, a series of excerpts from a new book, Racism and Hate in American Reality. We posted it last night. We was trying to get it in before Black History. We, in fact, we did get it in. We were going to make sure that uh, we got that thing in before Black History uh, Month ended because we wanted to, uh, we wanted to share our little known Black History fact for this, uh, this year, this February uh, uh, 2014, we we did get it in. Uh, y'all go out there and check it out. Go to the Hushbo Black, go to hushboblack.com and look at my blog. Uh, just a, a page. I got my blog tied into it. We posted it out there. So my face, my Facebook friends can find it out there. It should be all over Facebook. Uh, the third part of a series of a 12 part series, the first two posts that we put out there have dealt mainly with the economic inequality uh, that uh, everybody's talking about but nobody seemed to have an answer for or even a reason for we we uh, we added out uh, two cents into that over the, uh, in the first two posts but we're going to continue that argument up uh, take that argument back up uh, next week. Last night, uh, well, yesterday, we posted the third uh, excerpt from my uh, book, Racism and Hate in American Reality, uh, dealing with the genesis of racism itself, uh, the, uh, this, uh, which is the subject that the, the book uh, that the book uh, is uh, dealing with. We deal with that. We brought out a little genesis on the, the uh, subject. One of the things that we discussed, uh, one of the things that we found in research in our book was that uh, uh, the church, uh, 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 throughout, I mean, most of my life, most of my, uh, uh, I was always uh, perplexed by uh, the part that religion played uh, in the country history and how it uh, uh, coexisted uh, with uh, uh, the institution of slavery. Now, we went back, and like I said, it took about five years to do the research on the book, and one of the things that we discovered was that the church, the Catholic church, Pope Nicholas V in 1452, this Catholic Church, you know, biggest, uh, most dominant Christian church at that time, 1452. Now, this is some, I don't know, 80 years or so before the Protestant Reformation, Martin Luther and all that crowd came about. So the, the Pope of the Catholic Church was God Almighty himself almost. He was direct, uh, <laughs> he was a direct uh, voice of uh, J.C., Jesus of Nazareth. That's the history now, right? Anyway, he 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 issued this. But uh, they come in the Roman Church. They issued the Pope issued these uh, proclamations to the their subjects, some kind of uh, decree, laying out the rules of the day, how everybody should uh, 
uh, act to uh, who's under his uh, jurisdiction. Uh, 1452, he issued uh, what is known as uh, the Dom Diversal to the king of Portugal and the king of Spain, allowing them, giving them moral authority to enslave, listen to this, giving them the authority to enslave all, well, uh, among uh, other people, the West Africans. This is 1452. The Portuguese uh, and the Spaniards that started to drift around down the west coast of Africa, uh, uh, capturing or banning or enslaving the West Africans, bringing them back up to Europe. They didn't know whether or not this was a moral thing that they should be involved in or not. They went to the Pope and got his permission through this Don Diversus to enslave those people. They weren't Christian. Pope said, yeah, you can enslave them. That's what this Don Diversus pretty much said. That Don Diversus, by the way, in 1452, has been credited with has been credited with the uh, the beginning of the West African slave trade, ushered in the West African slave trade. It established a moral Christian authority, a so-called moral Christian authority, to enslave other humans, which was not of the Christian faith, is what it did. Now, that down the versa, that thing was supposed to, after they enslaved these people, by the way, that slavery, initially, was only supposed to last until the uh, enslaved non-Christians was converted to Christianity, brought into this covenant with Almighty God. Now, was this took place, I didn't even come out here over some years, once this took place, and they uh, accepted God Almighty through Jesus of Nazareth, which is what the Christians uh, preach, they were to treat those folks as their equals. They were to treat them as their equals and uh, no longer uh, if they were equal, they'd be slave. First of all, that's out. That thing was supposed to stop right there. And believe it or not, believe it or not, a lot of places that did happen. A lot of places that did happen. Once they converted those folks to Catholics, a lot of the places of slavery uh, ended right there. Of course, we know here in the, these United States of America, that didn't happen yet. <laughs> that didn't happen. Oh no. They kept on. This is the thing was the same place until the dying Christian was converted to Christianity. Here in America, it stayed in place long past that point. Through the founding of the colonies, through the Revolutionary War with England, it stayed in place. In fact, it was planted firmly in the psyche of the founders of the country. It was planted uh, firmly in the uh, psyche of the founders of the country. 
this moral authority that first came about by the issuance of this dumb diversity, the Pope of the Catholic Church. So, in my writing, I found that, yeah, uh, that is how they were able to justify being Christians in this country, being Christians, and at the same time, enslaving, dehumanizing their fellow humans because of this moral authority that they had to get from the, the Pope of the Roman Catholic Church. This thing stayed in place all until you know, two or three hundred years. And we ain't talking about this stuff. Uh, day in the life, we're talking about a 300 year uh, period here. 1452, uh, slavery stayed in existence here in this country in 1865. So we're talking about, you know, uh, just uh, getting another country here. Well, well the colonies, uh, we dated from uh, 1619 when uh, the Dutch ship sailed into Jamestown with uh, the 21 slaves or whatever. From that period forward to 1865, that's 200 years. 200 plus years, 250 years. So, yeah, even though by 1865, boy, I bet, uh, looking at my history, 95% of my family was uh, had been converted to Christians by that time. Down in Troop County here in Georgia, you know, had been converted to Christians, still slaves was never treated as uh, the master's equal. Never treated as the master's equal. Until that war came along, 600,000 people dead. 600,000 people dead because of those five million slaves found the man upstairs and talked to him, God Almighty, about their predicament here. Prayed to him, God Almighty, about their uh, enslavement, asking him for helping their salvation. Sure enough, he heard their prayer. And, uh, intervened in that thing, yeah, brought that thing to a head, and uh, through that civil war. It starts to make more sense. That's wild. You got a whole country founded, they say, through this divine act of, or help with Helped by the man upstairs. They claim they today the Christians, oh, this country was founded by God Almighty. Somebody even said God wrote the Constitution. Somebody even said the other day, I heard a right-wing uh, uh, conservative uh, stand up and say that God wrote the Constitution. Thomas Jefferson, James Madison, Washington, all those boys probably probably claimed something some responsibility for writing that thing. Now, was they praying to God? I, I imagine they did. Some of them did. I know. 
some some say Jefferson was more an atheist than uh, some religious villain. But be that as mate, their religion, their religion, the Christian religion, the Christianity that they practice, they have to ignore the part that suggested that as soon as they brought those folks into a covenant with God and they accepted God as a Savior, then the country knows humans as a brother. <laughs> they had to do it. If they don't do that, according to their own religion, then that, uh, they're hypocrites. At that point, they're hypocrites. So they're not treating your fellow man as your brother, and you profess to be the holy, the now Christian, you're hypocrites. Period. You know, it says the most about it. That is what you are. Okay, so, I, I you know, but, the law is perplexed me in why, what happened there? How could they profess to be these Christians yet ignore one of the basic precepts of uh, the Christian religion? Remember the first two, uh, first two commandments, love God Almighty uh, above everybody, but nobody before God Almighty. Second, love your neighbor. <laughs> As yourself. Those two things. You got to do those two things before you do anything else. You can't do anything else. No other commandment means nothing. No other commandment means a thing until you get past those first two. If you hold to those first two commandments, all the other commandments will fall right into place. That didn't happen to you. That didn't happen to you. The Christian religion here in this country did not live up to its own creed. But the people that followed the Christian the religion here in this country that enslaved uh, the West Africans did not uh, live up to uh, the the uh, um, the uh, commandments of the Christian religion. Here. Mainly, hey, listen, mainly <laughs> it was due to uh, mainly due to the uh, the idolatry uh, of money and, and that. <laughs> that the present Pope uh, of that same Catholic Church, Pope Francis here today, is warning people about uh, the adultery of uh, the money today. Same problem. Nothing new. Same same problem today. Was a problem back then. Once the people got into this slave business, they uh, found that it was so profitable. They kept on doing it. They kept right on doing it, y'all. Three, four hundred. Four hundred years. They kept right on doing it. 
they fell in love with the almighty dollar. They fell in love with the almighty dollar, yeah? It's as simple as that. That's what happened here in this country. It's just a fact. The idolatry of money. The idolatry of money is the, uh, some say, the root of all evil. <laughs> some say. We, we, we get mixed up here. I, I uh, do have a better understanding of the significance. That, that was, by the way, my little-known Black History fact for Black History Month this year, uh, the fact that the Catholic Church, through Pope Nicholas V, 1452, issued this dumb diversa, giving permission to enslave uh, humans as the genesis of American racism. That was the beginning of it. That's where it started at. Enslaving a different race of people claiming to be superior to those people with the authority to rule over them, enslave them. Where racism, where slavery, slavery is the epitome of racism. This American child slavery here is the epitome of racism, which my book uh, lends itself uh, to. This is what I write about. This is what racism and hate and American reality is about. The American racism. I, there's all kinds of racism throughout the world, uh, whatever. I write about the racism that my people here in this country has experienced since some 1619. And it all came about by authority of the Catholic Church, the Pope, Pope Nicholas V. Yeah, same, same church that uh, Pope Francis today belonged to. That's the same type of church, though. Some, what is this, 2014? We're talking about some 600 years later. We're talking about some almost 600 years later. This Pope, Pope Francis, whoa, hold up here. <laughs> There's a problem here we got with this adultery of money. It's a big problem. has to do with that economic inequality. Has to do with the economic equality of everybody that I was right about in my first two posts. All that stuff tie in. <clears throat> All that stuff tie in, yeah. Yeah, the adultery of money tie into the economic inequality. Because what's happened over these centuries is that the wealth migrated. <laughs> the wealth of the world has all migrated. It's about 1% of the population of the world. This is not here now. It's just when we're talking about the wealth of the world. I mean, it's still, we can look at the, the wealth of the whole world. It's in the hands of probably less than 1% of the population of the world. People 
has fallen in love with the almighty dollar. They got that dollar set up there on a pedestal with God Almighty. <clears throat> Just talking to some of my comrades today, talking about John Lennon. John Lennon. You, you all know John Lennon, the Beatles, uh, John Lennon. Great, great uh, lyricist. Great, great talent. Put out this song. I think the song was released shortly after you died. Imagine. It's a heavy, heavy song. Y'all listen to it sometimes, what he was talking about. He's talking about if you could imagine a world without heaven or hell. If you just imagine a world without either of those two places, heaven or hell, would be pretty, uh, that would go against everything that uh, most Christians uh, believed. That teed a lot of people off, too. That song really teed a lot of uh, Christians off. So, whoa, what are you talking about here? Can't imagine a world like that because you're ignoring God Almighty here. That tell you a lot of Christians all. What got him killed in my in my uh what got John Lennon killed was not so much that he imagined a world without a heaven or hell. What got him killed was him imagining the last lyrics of that song says uh something about Imagine all the people of the world sharing in all the wealth of the world. Now, John Lennon, you don't cross the land. You know, we're too far. Imagine all the people sharing in all the wealth. Now, one percent with all the wealth, they ain't going to hear Oh, that's what I went too far with. It was already him talking about no God, no heaven or hell. And now he's talking about uh, he's talking about sharing my money. <laughs> John Lennon was dead the next day. Uh, John Lennon was dead the next day. I don't think he. Uh, I think the song was released after he was dead. They killed him the next day. Imagine the name of the song. Y'all check it out. John Lennon, quickly, Lennon. Imagine all the people sharing in all the wealth. We we uh we believe that uh, that idolatry of that almighty dollar is at the crust crust of uh, this economic inequality uh, today. That the crust of most of the evils of this world, I believe. We uh, we're going to be talking about it in uh, greater detail as we uh, rest through uh, our book. It plays the. Uh, It plays uh, a role in uh, the racism and hate that I write about. 
the adultery of money. That's what the Pope is talking about, yeah. You gotta put that uh, dollar back in its place and uh pay more attention to uh God Almighty up there. All the rest of that stuff is uh is uh a human consumption that the rest of those is a human consumption that dollar that ain't uh, gonna get you anywhere. Certainly won't get you into heaven. I heard a preacher say at a at a funeral one time, preacher said money, all the money in the world won't buy your way into heaven. All the money in the world will not buy your way into heaven. If that was the case, we'd be in big trouble because the powers that be would have bought up every seat in heaven. (laughs) If money would buy you into heaven, we wouldn't stand a chance, not even this case. All the seats would be bought up. We've we've got to uh, make our stand. Uh, somewhere else. We've got to put our faith uh, somewhere else. Not in the dollar. We can't uh, we can't uh, count on that dollar for our salvation. Imagine that the five million slaves, including my ancestors, had they put their faith in the almighty dollar instead of God Almighty they still be on the plantation down there. They still be in chains. Had they put their faith in the dollar bill, they put their faith in God Almighty. They faith to God for their salvation here and delivered. And delivered. Hey, uh, we're rambling on. It's about 25 uh, minutes till 8 o'clock here already. We done went through three breaks already. Y'all, we stopped to catch our breath. I just going to get started on this stuff. Y'all don't get me started out here. We, <laughs> we ain't a preacher, proper no teacher. We just, uh, if I, you hear me mentioning the man upstairs, because I uh, have a run-in with the man upstairs. There's only not even mentioned I had a personal run-in with the man upstairs back in uh, 1966, caught up in that proverbial biblical valley of the shadow of death uh, in the jungles of Vietnam. Yeah. Oh, yeah, God's random old uh, wars, people dying all over the place. Yeah. God's random old these were in the moment, all that stuff. So I don't speak about uh, the man upstairs uh, idly uh, from uh, from some uh, distance of perspective. No, no, I don't speak of the man upstairs from a personal uh, perspective. Uh, from a personal experience, but. Uh, from a personal relationship that uh, I uh, established with him, the man upstairs that day uh, in 1966, July 16th, uh, Randy Miller, people dying, two, uh, 
of my fellow for my fellow uh, Marines to have right there in my home, you know. That me. Shot some five times out there. Bleeding like a slaughtered pig. Laying there on the ground for some four hours. Hey, the first words out of my mouth. Now this is, I'm not unique to this. Anybody that's caught up in bell uh, Anybody caught up in bell and, uh, Caught up out there in that valley of the shadow of death with uh, nowhere else to turn. First words out of my mouth when I got shot with my one of my comrades laying in my arm. I was laying down. First words out of my mouth when I got shot. God help me. God help me. Those were the first two words out of my mouth. God help me. Everybody shooting, two thousand people shooting all over, all around me, at me, over me. I'm out in the open field, y'all. Me and my fire team, my two man fire team, we got three people in the fire team. Men, men, three, uh, uh, the three of us land out in the open field, just like a. Almost like a uh, duck in a shooting gallery at a carnival. You know, those little ducks that go along in the row, you get there, everybody's just shooting. Them. Doom, 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 doom. There's hundreds of people here. Two thousand, oh, 2000, what was that? I think like 24,000 people was involved in that bell, that uh, that particular bell, Operation Hastings. Uh, one of the first and most devastating uh, battles that occurred in the Vietnam War. Um, right on the DMZ, with the military zone, right between North and South Vietnam, we were the first Marines up there, uh, uh, that far uh, north in, the, in uh, South Vietnam. And we was right up there on the DMZ, Operation Hastings. That thing. First words out of my mouth. God help me. I'm shot. I, you know, it's amazing uh, 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 how the man upstairs, <laughs> once I ask God for help, Now, I'm out of bullets, by, by the way. I'm out of bullets. I done shot up all of my stuff. All my magazines empty. I done rushed there. I'm out in that open field. No bullets, no nothing. I ain't got no help. <laughs> I ain't got nobody else to call on. Uh, God help me. I'm out 50, 60 yards uh, in the middle of nowhere. The uh, rest of the, my platoon back there uh, undercover. Shooting. Oh, everybody's going to shooting at that time. But they, you know, I'm out there by myself. I got to get back and cover some kind of way. <laughs> and in uh, an open field there, too. I ain't got no bushes covering me up. I'm out in the open field. I ain't got nowhere to do. I ain't got no ground to dig into. I can't do nothing but try to crawl back to about 60 or 70 yards away to some cover. And I'm shot. There were two dead people laying here. And no sooner than I uh, 
ask God for help now. I've told the story here, so we ain't going to get into it too deep. But uh, after this interaction with uh, the man upstairs, outside of the body uh I started reciting the Lord's Prayer and uh, uh, trying to crawl back to uh, uh, some cover here. Then before I got back to the cover, I got shot four more times. <laughs> hey, before I get back to this cover, I'm, I get shot four more times here. I guess. Huh? Yeah. Yet. Yet. I made it back to cover there, y'all. I made it back to cover, and I'm here today talking about it, all because of the man upstairs. I'm here for no other reason. Going on 70 years old, I'm here for no other reason today talking to y'all on Blog Talk Radio, y'all, for no other reason than the grace and mercy of God Almighty. There's no reason I'm here today. There's no other reason. I, I, nobody else I can even turn to. I was nowhere to turn to. I'm here by the grace and mercy of God Almighty. So when I uh, invoke his name, it's because of that experience that I had, that personal experience that I had uh, with God Almighty on that particular day. And it always perplexed me, why, how was it that the slavers of my people could claim a covenant with God in the and at the same time, uh, practice this uh, this uh, this inhumane uh, institution of slavery, which is by by its definition is the epitome of racism. It's the very definition of racism to enslave your fellow man. Uh, to feel or to somehow project yourself as a period to uh, some other human. This is a very, that's the, that's a Western definition of racism, someone who feels superior to another race of people. Feel as though you're superior and have the authority to rule over another race of people is the very essence of the definition of racism. That's what racism is. Uh, that's what I write about. It's the racism that I'm talking about in my book. Something uh, You can't, uh, you can't uh, tell me, come to me and talking about this. Uh, yes, that's why uh, the uh, the so-called uh, religious right of a, this or that, a conservative this or some kind of religious community, that's all junk. You're, a, you're not a Christian anything. 
get out of anything. Stop it. Stop it. You cannot uh, claim to be uh, this Christian, uh, whatever, and not love put the God Almighty first before anything and second love your neighbor as yourself. You can't be the stop it. Stop it. If you if you don't do those two things, you can't even begin to be anything else. You can't even talk about being a, a Christian or anything else. So yeah, that uh that thing ran astray, yeah. That uh dumb diverse started all that stuff. It wasn't meant to be as far as I can tell, I think. Nicholas Five had him there, but oh yeah, he was trying to recruit people to that church. Oh yeah, he needed people to that, that church is where they get their money from now. The uh that Catholic Church today is one of the richest uh, institutions in the world, yeah. And, oh yeah, okay. I don't think I don't necessarily think that uh Pope Nicholas Five had in mind enslaving uh the Africans or anybody else indefinitely. I really believe that he intended for his subjects to convert those heathens, those non-Christians, to uh, the Christian faith and to them as their brothers. No, I believe, I believe that I... Yeah, I'm giving a bit of a job here, yeah. I don't know what's in his mind. I'm not giving the benefit of the doubt. And say that, that I, I believe that, that's, uh, that that was his initial intent. We all know that didn't happen. Yet. That didn't happen. Even today, today there's too many there's too many people right here in this country pretending to be the so-called the so-called Christian, uh, yet is still practicing this uh, this racism thing. That's a problem, man. You can't be no Christian and be a racist. You can't be a Christian and be a racist. There's no way. I make the case that you can't even hate. And I do. You can't even hate and be a Christian. And racism, by the way, uh, uh, produces hate as a byproduct. Hate is a byproduct of racism. Racism, in my mind, is a proactive uh, thing. Hate is a reactive singing. Both sins, yeah. Both sins. I thought I hated white people for years. I thought I hated white people for years. Up until the 1966. 
out there when I got caught up. Got caught up in that valley, you know. When I got caught up in that valley of the shadow of death, it's a real place. That's a real um that's a real place. When I got caught up in it and bumped into the man upstairs, called on him for uh, help. I found that uh, there's no color. There's no color in his world. In his in his world. In a divine spirit that is uh, God Almighty that is still in each of our uh, this dirt body of man. Uh, there's no color there. In the divine case spirit of God Almighty, there is no color. There's no distinction between color. There's no distinction between raised by any of that stuff. That's out. That ain't, that's just. You, <coughs> and today, it's different. It's caught up in, uh, it's caught up in this moral dilemma here, y'all. This moral, uh, this moral, uh, corrosion. This is what we're going to do today. Uh, and then we'll do that. Today is, uh, you think, through all that uh, the country has experienced with slavery, with the aftermath of racism through the Jim Crow laws and the, the segregation and the this, you think at some point the Christ, so-called Christians, the moral majority, would come to uh, would come to grips with this, but. Uh, <sighs> hey, y'all. Uh, it's about uh, 10 minutes to 8, yeah. Wow, where's that going? And we're going to take a quick pause for the calls and jump back in on this thing. This little known black history fact that uh, the Hushmore is laying on uh, y'all this evening. The church was instrumental in uh, the enslavement of the West Africans, the enslavement of my family here in this country, the church itself. The church itself. Hey, now, obviously man, man, in his outer reality, in his failure to deal with the reality of his love toward his fellow man, the lack of his faith and hope, played a part in this thing here. <laughs> the lack of man's faith and hope played a critical part in his love 
or his inability to channel his love toward his uh, fellow man. Unlike God's charity, God's God's charity is absolute. It's absolute. Don't God don't change. God can't change. His charity through his grace and mercy toward man is absolute. It's absolute. I know this. Man has a problem with his love. His love for Solomon. That's where the problem comes in there, y'all. Faith. That's something that in the, in the, in the Bible that says something about the, that man had just a small amount of faith. Perhaps the faith the size of a mustard seed. He could uh, move well. Certainly, if he had that faith, he could be able to tell his love to uh, embrace his fellow man as himself. He'd certainly be able to do that had he had faith. Uh, we got to take a quick call, though. We, we, that's what I started preaching out here. We, we, hey, a lot of things going on. The Braves, I got started. <laughs> we got, we got to go off on a tangent here. The Braves, uh, uh, I just did a little bleep come across the, the wire here where the Braves lost a, a heartbreaking of day, 25 to 26. <laughs> Wait, I was anybody? Oh, no, they had 25 hits. <laughs> they had 25 hits that they had lost. <laughs> We're going to take a quick pause, though. We'll be right back. Y'all hang in there. It's about, uh, wow, it's about five minutes till. We done knocked this hour out, y'all. We, we done went full stop. <laughs> I suppose on the roll tonight. Y'all hang in there. We'll be right back. You got to be the hush, though. Advocating on your behalf. You're listening to the Hushmo Black Forum. Tell your friends about us. Saturdays, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Right here in cyberspace.
It's eight o'clock already. We it's eight o'clock. We that's why we had the one break here. We've been going nonstop. Kinda kinda excited about uh what's going on in the country here. President. I wanna give kudos to the president again for this initiative about uh helping um the youth in our community, my brother's keeper. The husband's going to see about uh, getting involved in that uh, program, however way he can. I mean, I ain't got no money, <laughs> but we're going to make uh, we're going to free up a few dollars for it. we're going to free up a few dollars for that program. Yeah? Just as soon as we uh, see where we need to uh, to send. It. I think it's great. I think we need to challenge all of our, uh, everybody in our community to uh, to lend a hand, to uplift our, uh, to uplift our young, uh, to uplift our young uh, brothers out of the plight that uh, out of the place that uh, the society has uh, forced upon them. We're going to be doing everything we can to uh, challenge all our, uh, my peers. And that's going to give a dollar. I know a thousand people who want everybody to give a dollar that I know. I challenge all of them. Go to my website, hushmoblack.com, and uh, pay a dollar. We're going to start there. I know, I know at least a thousand people who can afford to give a dollar. We're going to give a dollar. <laughs> We're going to give a dollar a month 
How about that? We I know a thousand people. I want a thousand people out there in Facebook land that pledge a dollar a month to my brother's uh, keeper. The new president, uh, the new program instituted by the president. We want to get. See if we can get a million blacks to pledge a dollar a month. I don't even come up with a million black Americans of African descent to pledge a dollar a month into this program. My brother's keeper that the president has uh, uh, initiated. We're going to start that. Peanut Gary, what do you think about that? We're going to try to set up a conduit through uh, the Hushmore Black Forum. Uh, we're going to set up uh, some kind of channel for uh, to accept. We're to sign up. Uh, we ain't accepting nothing. Uh, y'all said, don't send your money to the Hushmore. <laughs> Hold up. <laughs> don't, don't send no money to the Hushmore. We won't. We just won't. We just want you to pledge a dollar a month to the uh, my brother uh, brother's keeper foundation or whatever. However, set up. I don't think he's got it all uh, laid out in concrete yet. But uh, we'll be keeping you abreast of it when we learn more about it. How we can uh, channel uh, whatever resources we've got into it. We think it's a great great initiative by this president, regardless of uh, what uh, the pundits may say. We think it's a worthwhile endeavor. We have to, as a community, have to uh, get involved in this thing, uplifting our own. And we, hey, no doubt, uh, we got people like Oprah Winfrey, Bill Cosby, give millions. <laughs> we got, we got some we got people in our community who have given millions uh, of dollars to uh, to this to uh, the black community here. So, you know, it ain't that uh, we we know we got uh, people in the community that's been doing uh, doing the right thing. We want everybody uh, within the sound of my voice to get involved. We're looking at that 90% uh, don't have a word. We, you know, we, we ain't got to be rich. That's why ain't rich. We worked all our life. We, we're a long ways from being rich. We don't make no money off this show. We don't make no money off this thing. We out here just to uh, um, provide a platform for uh, those who don't have a platform. So we out here. We, we don't uh, make any money off this, this thing. Nah. We like to talk about the ills of uh, the society in which we are living. Uh, we're a strong advocate for social justice. Hey, like I said, on behalf of American Africans, not because we don't love everybody. We love everybody. We happen to be a part of that community, 
and uh, uh, find ourselves advocating uh, on their behalf. And Lord knows we need all that because you can get the 30% of employment and wealth, losing wealth uh, by the, the bucket money. We've lost some 40% of our wealth over the last 20 years. Uh, that's scary. We didn't have no wealth in the beginning. <laughs> in the beginning. And now we done lost uh, some 40% of that. What we had over the last 20 years. This ain't, you know, this is scary. This is scary, y'all. We've got to uh, pitch in. We advocate for reparations. We still advocate for reparations no matter what uh, we do on our own to try to close this economic inequality. No matter what we do on our own to try to close this economic inequality, we, I believe, have to steal uh, petition uh, this government for financial reparation for injuries suffered to the laws uh, that was uh, on the books in this country. So we're not going to we're not going to give up that fight. We're gonna we're gonna always uh, push that uh, goal forward. Wow. What the world's going on here? This is the first time that uh, there must be something in the air, y'all. This is the first time we've had a drop. So she switched over to uh, a new phone system here. Seemed like it got back up pretty quick, but uh, wow. We're going to be pushing for reparations. We believe, we contend that all Americans of African descent, born prior to 1950, were personally injured, including me, born in 1945 here in Georgia, without 14th Amendment protections. My 14th Amendment rights were uh, violated, so says uh, the Supreme Court. That's ain't nothing we got to relitigate. I'm not talking about going to court relitigating some some uh, legal issue. We've already done that. <laughs> that's already been done, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's what that, that uh, Brown uh, v. Board of Education was about. That was a result of some 20, uh, over 20 years of litigation. That was, uh, that was, uh, that was over 20 uh, years of uh, litigation that brought that thing about, that brought down a set of slides, uh, Plessy, the law that codified all the separate equal Jim Crow laws of the South in this country into national law, uh, that thing's already been litiga- uh, litigated. We don't want to refight that uh, thing no more. We don't have to. All that's left for us to do, in my mind, is petition the United States Justice Department. Is a petition the United States Justice Department to uh, uh, go and uh, uh, petition the court to uh, get the reparation that uh, Thurgood Marshall and the legal team, uh, his legal team back in 1954, didn't do. 
under the threat of, by the way, of this racial terrorism, under the threat of racial terrorism, is uh, the reason he didn't petition the court back there in 1954. Uh, pressure was put on that team not to do so because of fear of some racial unrest. Now, we all know that racial unrest continued, continued right along uh, after that uh, 1954 decision through uh, the murder of Emmett Till in 1955, through the murder of uh, uh, the Birmingham bombings there in uh, 1963, through uh, today, through uh, Trayvon Martin, through uh, Gordon Davis, through countless of other cases of uh, murder, uh, in this country against America's African descent. So, so there's no uh, statute of limitations here. There's no statute of limitations when uh, uh, genocide is uh, uh, in play. It, hey, yeah, genocide. Hey, the 90 years that passed between 1865 and 1954, y'all, that period, hundreds, hundreds of Americans of African descent was murdered here in this country. Hondas was murdered here in this country because of their race. Pure. No no other reason because of their race. That's genocide, yeah? There's no statute of limitation on that, so we still uh, is within the law to petition the court for financial reparation, which we want. A Brown set aside said that separate equal laws were inherently unequal. Separate equal laws was inherently unequal. Harmed millions of uh, people here by not protecting the 14th Amendment rights in the workplace, in the school place, in the public places, and throughout uh, the society. It's no different than the nine farmers in 2009 up in Connecticut who took their or take the amendment rights case, their discrimination case based on their color, which was white, by the way. These are all white people. Sued the government, petitioned the government of this country for reparations. Took it all the way to the Supreme Court. 2009 took a discrimination case all the way to the Supreme Court based on being discriminated against uh, uh, due to their color, the color of their skin. These white people. Supreme Court awarded them a reparation there. Based on based on what? What was that what was one of the uh, what was one of the darn precedents in that case? The Brown case of nineteen fifty four, yeah. That's that's that, that that's uh, to, uh, a case uh, I shouldn't uh, open a shit case here in, in my mind. I'm not even a lawyer. I can see that, but uh, we uh, our cases uh, the case that I'm talking about has already has already been litigated and won, y'all. Classy uh, took away. My 14th Amendment right, my family's 14th Amendment right, 
America's African, it's not. Like are we there for to remember right? Yes, it did. Hey, we got a call in, y'all. One eight eight five eight eight three eight one four. We don't take many calls out here on the Hushmore Black Forum. We will. From time to time, somebody got something to talk about that they uh, feel is uh, important. We'll grab a call from time to time to uh, entertain their uh, entertain their uh, thoughts or opinions. We don't mind. We just run this thing by ourselves and uh, we run this thing. We run the we got this train all by ourselves. It take uh they say some four people to uh operate a train properly. That's what we're doing this thing all by itself, yeah. We we uh we that talented that we can do the work of four. Oh, we can multitask. We worked in IT for some 40 years, so we learned to multitask quite well. Little known black history fact, y'all. The Catholic Church, Pope Nicholas V, back in 1452, issued this dumb diversity, which... Some has credited credited with ushering in the West African slave trade. There, and there lies the beginning of the racism that we know in this country today. That is part of the genesis of the racism that. Uh, we read about as little known black history back then. the Catholic Church that was the so-called moral authority that was at play when the founders founded the country and brought uh, the enslavement of uh, humans alone as part of this new nation here. The church was instrumental in that uh, in that thing through that uh, dumb diversity. That's why I have so much respect for this uh, this new pope we got. This new pope Francis here. I I uh, want to that from the time that he took office and uh, opened his mouth, advocating on behalf of the little people, the little man. I uh, highly advise coming from that guy. He went somewhere, told him that uh, went down to South America, went back home, told him. First thing he told him when he got off the plane, 
I ain't got nothing for you. I ain't got no money. I ain't got no gold, silver, uh, none of that stuff to offer you here today. The only thing that I bring you is the Christ spirit of God Almighty. I can offer you that. I can share that with you, and I will share that with you wholeheartedly. I said, well, we got something right here. We got something right here. I have neither gold nor silver to offer. The only thing that I have is a Christ-filled spirit of God Almighty to share. That's powerful. That's a, that's, that's a powerful life. Uh, powerful thing there. Got to take another quick pause for the cause here. It's about uh, 20 minutes after 8 here. We're going to be right back and wrap this thing up because the husband think he's long winded tonight. We're <laughs> we going on and on. We'll uh, come back uh, uh, after the break here. Y'all hang in there. Advocated on your behalf, you're listening to the Hushmo Black Forum. Tell your friends about us. Saturdays, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Right here in cyberspace.
Welcome back to the Hesmo Black Forum. We are definitely on the downside of this thing this evening. Yeah. This time has gotten away from us. Or how time flies when you're having fun, they say. Certainly, this evening has went back. We had a lively conversation. We normally get out amongst the uh, natives on Saturday, trying to get some feel for uh, what's going on out there on the streets as we fondly referred to our uh, community as when we are socializing with the uh, the natives. We got in a discussion this evening talking about uh, talking about whether or not the country was a democracy or a republic. I contend that it's neither. I contend that it's neither a pure republic nor a pure democracy. But some bastardized version of um, a combination of the two. It's a bastardized version of uh, the two. All because of uh, one single reason. All of the citizens never had access to either one of those uh, trimmers, be it a republic or a democracy. All of them, all of them claim to give access equally. Everything equally. Obviously, we know when the Constitution was first written, this is a Republican document. It is a Republican document because it's written down uh, on a piece of paper. A set of laws governing how the society should. This democracy is a society, by the way, y'all. So-called democracy is made up of uh, the uh, society, how the society interacts uh, with with each other. That is uh, the part of this thing that supposedly is a democracy. The Constitution is uh, supposedly a republic. Guaranteed equal rights, but remember when this thing was first put together, only uh, landowners had access to it. Only landowners. And for the most part, that was white uh, Anglo Saxon males here in this country. Anglo Saxon males. There's other whites, I mean, the Germans, or this. But primarily, Anglo Saxon males was the beneficiary of, for the most part, the initial writing of the Constitution. They are the ones that benefit from this thing. Now, it's kind of by more and more citizens gain access to this Republican document that is uh, the Constitution. So it took a civil war. It took a civil war. And even after the civil war, it took Years and years of litigation beyond the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendment. You still had uh, women rights to deal with. You still had, even though um, the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendment, we thought, gave equal protection, <laughs> equal rights to all of the citizens. That, that wasn't the case, so. That wasn't the case. We know that. No. That wasn't the case. We, uh, yeah. 
even after the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendment, after 600,000 people have died in the bloody, the bloodiest war that we've ever encountered in this nation's history, that still, that still was not enough to bring everybody into equal equality. Even if 600,000 people died, yeah, that still was not enough to bring everybody into equality. Take the years of blood, shed, and tears. That's the best thing. Ladies, you know, white ladies. Hey, <laughs> Anglo-Saxon males uh, was the only group that's never been persecuted here in this country. Through uh, the laws of the country. So, when you hear the, some of the pundits on the right talking about, oh, yeah, we got a, a, this is a republic. It's not a republic. So, the republic, everybody have these access to of this republic. That's not, that wasn't the case. It's, it's gotten better. It's by law. I mean, it should be the case now. But still, they're, they're trying to roll that thing. They're trying to roll back voting rights for Americans after the and other minorities trying to deny the rights of the gay community. Everybody, everybody have to have equal protection under the law. Your your religion, the law trumps all your religious beliefs. I don't care what you are, Christian, Muslim, atheist, Buddha, Hindu, whatever. That's all secondary. It's all secondary to the law uh, of that uh, Constitution. It's all secondary to the laws of the Constitution. What does that mean? We, uh, the Mormons found out about that back in the 1800s. They left the country. They, they was they used to, uh, well, at least the, the portion of them was often in this polygamy thing. The laws of the country said, no, we believe that a marriage should consist of only two people. Now, there's been some question about whether those two people had to be a man and a woman. <laughs> but it definitely can't be three of anything. Marriage cannot be three of anything. In country, no law is that they've never had a law that says marriage consists of more than uh, two people. The Mormons, a portion of them, had a problem with that. Until Mitt Romney's uh, family, some of his uh, forefathers, they left the United States. They rebelled against those uh, laws that said that they couldn't have three or four wives or three or four spouses, whatever. Funny thing about that, too. The Mormons now, you can have four or five wives, but a lady come up and talk about she wants four or five husbands. <laughs> that, 
<coughs> that was a no-no. Oh, man, I can have four or five wives. But a lady, <laughs> a lady couldn't come up talking about she wanted four or five husbands. That was out. Uh-uh. We're going to go this land to a man. There you go. You got some discrimination here, it looks like to me. <laughs> The Anglo-Saxon male, you know, the only person who's really the Constitution has protected since and such at inception. You know, obviously, uh, most of uh, uh, the ones who wrote the thing was Anglo-Saxon uh, male. It's probably human nature to, if you send up a government, to uh, to set it up uh, in a way that uh, protects your rights. Oh yeah, if I'm writing a government, if I'm setting up a, this new institution, and I'm the author of uh, the document uh, that uh, governs how this society operates. I'm the author of this uh, Republican document that uh, set laws in place that uh, governs the way society uh, the society is ran and uh, I'm certainly going to uh, protect my own rights. No doubt, I'm going to do that. That doesn't give the authors the right to discriminate against everybody else. It doesn't give them that right. That's that's where this moral thing comes in here, yeah? It's all right that you uh, belong to take you. But in a Republican uh, document, the law's got to protect everybody equally. It's no longer a republic. It's something else. If the law's going to protect everybody equally within the society, that is no longer a republic. That is something else. That is something else. The society itself, the people, we the people, we the people, that can't be a democracy either. We the people can't be no democracy because everybody ain't got one vote. In a true, pure democracy, everybody got one vote. Everybody's got one vote in a true democracy. Well, we know that didn't happen, so it can't be a democracy. What is something else? If everybody in this society, the social society out there that claim to be this democracy that we treat them to the rest of the world that we have here. Everybody don't have one vote. That is not a democracy. That is something else. Everybody don't have equal access to that Republican document that is the Constitution, whether it be a state constitution or a federal constitution. If everybody don't have equal access to it, it's not a republic. That document is not a republic. That's what I meant. 
Hey, uh, how you like like my blog out there? The Huntsville Black Forum. We got a new blog we've been working on now for about uh, about two weeks, I guess. We've been working on this thing, trying to get it up and running so that we can uh, better communicate, better get our message out there to uh, the masses, better communicate and interact with uh, like minds. It's going to be fantastic when we uh, get it. Uh, get it uh, up and running uh, the way we want it. It's, it's coming. Y'all go check it out. Go to HushmoBlack.com uh, and uh, go to my blog page and check it out. Give me some feedback. We uh, think it's going to be a great, great tool for uh, the Hushmo Black Forum. We've we've gotten some uh, positive feedback. It's a lot of work though. You know, you 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 uh you don't believe how much work it is to try to maintain these things if you're trying to do it all yourself. If you now, I worked in IT for some forty years, so I'm pretty proficient when it comes to computers. But in order to uh, do my show and uh, write books and sell my books and stuff like that. <laughs> it uh, can get to be time consuming. Let me tell you, it can get to be time consuming. I haven't did any marketing on my book here in a week, and uh, that's got to come to a head. We got to get this thing up and running pretty soon because we got to get back to the business at hand. My business uh, right now is selling my book, Racism and Hate in American Reality, dealing with uh, the subject matter, racism and hate. Yeah. Racism has. 90% <laughs> to do with uh, this economic uh, inequality that uh, everybody seemed to be talking about, but nobody, nobody uh, could get a grip on. Nobody seemed to be able to get a grip on. Everybody knows that there's a problem. There is an economic inequality uh, in the country. Why? And then have to look for them. Because remember, we've been researching and uh, working on my book for the last five years. Well, that's all my life. And I know that's not a new phenomenon to, to me. I'm going on 70 years old. My next birthday, I'll be 70. Through the grace and mercy of God Almighty. There's always somebody else. That's the only reason the Hirschmoes even did. Nobody else. Nothing else. But so I've, I've, I've known all along uh, a part of the part of the problem, a great deal of the problem um, in the uh, African American community can be traced to um, racism, the separate equal Jim Crow laws that took away 14th Amendment protections for me, my family, and uh, millions of other Americans uh, of African descent here in the country. When uh, the subject all of a sudden here, uh, when this uh, president, by the way, this president of African descent uh, took office in 2009, this racist thing 
came to the forefront. The Tea Party came in existence. They just celebrated their five, five-year history, coincidentally uh, uh, coinciding with uh, <laughs> the election of this black president. Two weeks after the black president was inaugurated <laughs> in 2009, uh, the Tea Party is, uh, came into a being. At least they, they claim that this is the case because they just celebrated what they considered the fifth anniversary of this week. Can you imagine that? They came into being uh, on the, right after this uh, American uh, of African descent uh, uh, ascended to uh, the office of president of the country. Well, that stuff is racism, regardless of what uh, what you may hear. A lot of that Tea Party uh, group are racist. Maybe not all of them. But 20% of Americans of European descent are racist here in the country today, by my study. Now, I heard some other people put it at a higher number. I heard our ex-governor of Florida put the number at 30 to 35%. This is ex-governor of Florida, of European descent, by the way. He placed it at uh, 30 to 35%. That's a big number, y'all. You're talking about 50, 60 million people railing against, <laughs> railing against uh, uh, the president. Who happens to be an American of African railing against um, a member of uh, my community? We are. got to give here on that thing, yeah? Just a matter of time here. How this thing play out? The president's got three more years in office. How this thing play out? How these next three years play out? I believe it's going to have a profound effect on the country. But years if not generations uh, down the road. How does play play out? It's going to have some kind of effect on the, how we deal with the society in the coming years. Uh, we green uh, came across uh, an old Bible that belonged to my uncle, my uncle Jim, whom I was named after young, my father's oldest brother. Was Jimmy Cameron. We always call him Uncle Jim. Came across this old Bible that uh, he left after he had died. We uh, 
came in possession of it. Interesting thing, just looking at the the, the different little notes and uh, writings and things that people stuffed in their family Bible. It's all kind of interesting little things that people put up, uh, set aside. Came across, I don't know if you all remember, back in the 50s. Anybody out there on Facebook? Can any of y'all remember back in the 50s when they had the uh, Reverend Ike and uh, Daddy Gray's? Uh, the, the, all these uh, preachers would send out these uh, prosperity uh, 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 these prosperity uh, prayers to to you if you send them. Uh, in this particular case, my uncle was sending this uh, one uh, pastor, Pastor Theo Jones out of Philadelphia. I barely remember him, but I do. It's been so long ago, but uh, I remember that name. Pastor Theo Jones here. In Philadelphia, my uncle was living over in uh, Terenum, uh, Pennsylvania, near Pittsburgh. But anyway, he had sent uh, this pastor, Pastor Theo Jones, in. Uh, this uh, wrote to him and uh, sent him in this uh, coin to uh, be blessed and to uh, have the preacher pray over. And this lady back in the 60s here, uh, I found it in his Bible. And, and you know, it's just a it says, Dear Brother Cameron, we asked God to bless you and heal you. And set out a bunch of instructions for him to do and some verses to read uh, to uh, help him along his uh, journey. One of them, this, uh, I found uh, interesting was, Job, Job 36-11. If they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. It was one of the verses that uh, the preacher wrote to my uncle to, uh, to uh, say every day. And uh, Among other verses, I'm not going to read them all out here. But that I found, I went back there, you got to read the whole chapter in the Bible. And I don't just go read a particular verse, when I hear him talk about a verse, I try to read that whole chapter to get uh, to get uh, a full of context uh, 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 into what uh, that particular verse is talking about. And sure enough, uh, I found it interesting. And uh, well, I, he really uh, I leap all into this prayer. And, and I, you know, there's nothing, I mean, you can't have, <laughs> I'm telling you right now, you can't have enough people praying for you. Anybody who wants to give me a prayer, pray for me. I'm going to accept it wholeheartedly. And I think he felt that way. And anybody who offers to pray for you, welcome uh, that prayer. I'm going to tell you right now, welcome that prayer, y'all. I was fascinated to find this thing in his Bible that he had kept faithfully uh, in his Bible all these years. This prayer uh, uh, cloth, this prayer uh, prosperity uh, 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 
of this prosperity uh, 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 it says claim your prosperity this the uh, edict that uh, this they had laid out for that's something to it yeah. I used to thought it was oh Reverend I should send me a dam and I'll uh, pray for it hey send him a dam send that guy a dam let it pray you accept it, receive it, uh, open heart, you know, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, you can't, uh, don't turn down, no prayer, anybody <laughs> uh, that want to pray for you, they'll welcome it. This whole Bible is just a wealth of uh, information. Uh, just looking at some of the old family Bibles here, I found myself even stuck in my family Bible here with all of, uh, of uh, obituaries and just a great uh, black people. Uh, really, it's one of the ways that they uh, keep up with their uh, genealogy. Just go through an old Bible in your family. To, uh, that's been in your family for some generations there. You can just about, uh, you can learn a lot about uh your genealogy. That was interesting. I, I just found it amazing that he had he had this uh, this uh, this prayer uh, this prayer thing in his Bible from the, where he had placed the faith in this uh, evangelist, uh, Pastor Theo Jones. I'm, I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep it. I put it in my Bible. I, I welcome all the prayers I can do. You can't have too many. You cannot have too many. Yet. Hey, it's about the... Wow, where's time gone, y'all? This evening? Husband been on one thing. We've been off on a, a rant this evening, y'all. Talking about... Uh, this little known black history and how uh, the church and religion plays such a significant role in uh, racism. But when you step back and look at that thing, it's not about God Almighty, church and religion. It's about man. <laughs> Church and religion has a difference here. Has a difference. Man is uh, uh, the one in this equation that's lacking. Man himself is faith. That's 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 what's lacking here in this equation. The cause of this uh, inability uh, to uh, channel his love um, toward his fellow man in such a way that uh, to treat him as an equal. Yeah, we have a second, uh, second commandment. Treat thy neighbor as thyself. That thing's got to be absolute. Yeah. That can't be no, can't be no wavering. Can't be this one. It can't be. Uh, you either 
<laughs> your brother's chief or you're not. And ain't no in between in that place. What time? That's what the Abel was talking about. That's what it's talking about. Am I my brother's keeper? Am I my brother's keeper? Yes. <laughs> Praise you are. Yes. I'm afraid uh, you are your brother's keeper. You better be. <laughs> I'm here to tell you. You better be. So I came and talking about your mama and brother's keeper. Kill We are going to bring this sermon to a close. I know y'all think, y'all think the husband I turned into uh, uh, preaching. We're going to bring this sermon to a close here, y'all. <laughs> we didn't mean to stay on it for two hours, but uh, we just got uh, carried away here. Found it amazing. how much the church and religion played in the enslavement and the racism in this country, yet none of it has to do with God Almighty. This man, God, is absolute. God's charity, his grace and mercy is absolute. Can't change. It cannot change. It's absolute. Man's love through his faith and hope is the thing that's not constant. That's not just that thing is moving all over the place. That's moving all over the place. Huh? You've got to, uh, that's a man problem. Ain't, that ain't the man's problem. That's a human man. That's the human. <laughs> that's the human man's problem. The man, God Almighty, uh, his thing, his charity, uh, Grace and mercy is absolute through the Christ uh, spirit that he in, that he uh, implants in uh, each of us. That thing is absolute. That thing can't change. change uh. We're going to get back to uh, <laughs> our economic inequality uh, next week. We just thought we'd give you a brief genesis of uh, the uh, racism and uh, hate that we uh, that the both deal with. 
But it's all, it all ties into the uh, economic inequality that uh, the country finds itself in as it relates to my community, Americans of African descent. Yeah, we, it has a lot to do with We're going to get back to, uh, we're going to get back to it next week, with economic inequality. We've got about, this is our third, uh, our third take on our excerpt out of we're going to leave it with you right there, y'all. It's coming up at the end. We'll see y'all next week here. Until then, y'all, uh, be good. Ciao. The Hushmo Black Forum, advocated on your behalf by covering news and events affecting the African-American community. Check us out at the Hushmo Black Forum, www.blogtalkradio.com. <laughs>